23. Um, we are going to continue our series on the God of covenants. I'm thankful that he is a God of covenants, which basically means he is a God of his promise. He's a God of his word. And last week we talked about, um, we started out with talking about Noah and kind of moving through that. But what, one of the things that kind of came out of this series so far is we know that covenants are God's way of guiding us into a relationship of blessing and favor. How many of y'all like blessing and favor? Yes, that is a good thing, especially when it comes from God. So today we're going to take a few minutes and talk about God's covenant to Abraham, a vision of the future. And that's going to start with Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And that says this, reading out of the King James Version. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So, this is God talking to Abraham. And what God is doing with Abraham right here is he's telling him, hey, I have these things for you, but it starts with obedience. And that's one of the things we'll always find out with God's covenant. He requires a little bit from us to get the party started. So he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to leave your family and your friends, and I'm going to ask you to go into this land that I, have, that I have shown you. And this is interesting. So to put it in perspective how difficult it was for Abraham to leave his family, this is what his living family included. If you read the Bible, you'll see that Noah and Shem, Noah being the guy who survived the flood, Shem being his son, they actually lived 39 years with Abraham. So when God's asking Abraham to leave, there's like a legacy and a tradition and a history that Abraham's part of from this family lineage. So when he's asking him to leave this country, it's, it's, it's a little bit tough. It's a little bit hard to, to pull away from all of that. But God's telling him, I need you to leave everything that you know and everything that you have been taught and everything that you've kind of been patterned after so that I can take you somewhere else. And if, and if Abraham didn't listen, we wouldn't be reading the rest of his story. God, God led with that. I need you to obey this. And uh, as a result of his obedience, Abraham did. He left. He went to the land that God was going to show him. And James chapter 2, verse 23 tells us this about Abraham. It says, And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. That's a relationship goal right there, right there with God, to be called the friend of God. I think that would be pretty cool. I do. Um, and, but the thing is, is God actually desires that as well. God desires to have that friendship relationship with us. It's literally what he is looking for. And God's relationship with Abraham was not just like a one-time encounter with a really special guy. It, it, that's not it. It was God's vision for future relationships with every single person. So today we can look at the relationship between God and Abraham, and we can establish that, hey, God wants that kind of relationship with me. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that God wants that kind of relationship this morning. But before Abraham could be considered the faithful friend of God, he had to honor the covenants that God made with him. These covenants were really important because it set the framework for the relationship that led to him being called the friend of God. So just to recap, a covenant is God giving his divine promise for an outcome contingent on humanity meeting some requirements. 
So he's given us these promises. He's given us these words. However, he's also given us a few expectations. However, we can take comfort in this. Like, they're usually super lopsided. Like, God's like, I'm going to do all this over here, but you just got to, like, do this, like, one small thing. Like, I'll die on the cross, <laughs> which is kind of a big deal. I'll forgive all of the sins that you've ever had. All I need you to do is just, like, keep my commandments, you know. It's like, keep my commandments and, and do these things. That's all we have to do. And he'll take care of all this, all this big heavy lifting over here. And he set this tone right off the bat with Abraham. And he said, hey, I'm going to give you these covenants. I'm going to do these great works. And then eventually, all of humanity will be able to look back in 2019 in Liberty at these covenants. And they will be able to draw from our relationship for their own relationship. And that's kind of our goal today is, hey, I want a closer relationship with God. And so what, whatever Abraham did, I'm going, to, I'm going to jump in line with that. And let's see where this goes. So the first covenant that he gave was the covenant of land. So if you'll turn to Genesis chapter 15, verse 7, and then we're going to jump straight to 18 after this. It says, and he said unto them, and he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Can you throw that slide up there for me? the map. So God has called Abraham to leave his home. However, he tells them, like, this is the land that I'm going to give you. So I need you to leave where you're at, but I'm going to give you all this. So if you see the two rivers, that is the land that God promised Abraham. And so he, he's essentially saying, I need you to leave what you know and trust me, even though you might not know exactly where we're going at this point. Because at first he calls him out of the land but he doesn't tell him exactly where he's going. And that's, that's what God does sometimes. He calls us out of where we are, but it's not 100% clear in our own minds where he's taking us. He wants to see if we'll trust him. He wants to see if we're going we're gonna to believe him at his word and actually start the process. And then when Abraham's moving and he's left where he is, now God is going to say, hey, here's a real specific plan that I've had all along. And this is it. It's gonna, you're going you're gonna to take this land. And, you know, today God will still, looking at this relationship between God and Abraham, he'll still call us away from where we are. Now, it might not be like literal land. I don't think God's calling all of us just to leave like our phys the physical land. But he'll call us out of the lifestyle, and he'll call us away from the family. He'll call us away from the traditions that we've always had and we've always held on to. And he's like, I've got a new place for you. I've got a new significant life for you. But you've got to leave the old life behind. And so this is significant. This is significant to us because the land of Israel wasn't just like a random spot on a map that God was like, here, nobody's using this space. Come over, come over here. This is a good spot for you, right? Now, God had already predestined that land because he knew that this was a place where his relationship with Abraham and Abraham's descendants and their descendants, this was a place where he could meet with them and have a relationship. So when you look at this, the covenant that God has for us, he's trying to pull us away from where we are, but it's to a better place. And the place is better for this reason, because it's where his relationship with us can grow. It's where our relationship with him can take on a new level, and we can move closer to that friendship goal that Abraham had. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that he doesn't just leave us where we are. 
He's like, hey, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you somewhere where you can see things you've never seen. You can have a life you've never had. You can have an experience with me that you never could have imagined. And that is the first promise. God knows the significance. He created us. Spoiler, spoiler alert, right? God created us. He knows us really well. And he knows that there's something inside of us that needs to belong, that needs to have that home, needs to have that place. And so he's not going to call us somewhere just to leave us isolated. He's going to call us somewhere so we can have that relationship. And that's the promise he made to Abraham, and it's for us today. There is a home in his church. There is a place with him if we will just trust him. Amen. Second covenant that he gave us is found in Genesis chapter 15, verses 3 through 6. He gave it to Abraham. We're modeling it. And Abraham said, Behold to me, thou hast given no seed. Everybody say, No kids. <laughs> and lo, one born in mine house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward the heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord. And he counted it to him for righteousness. God is awesome. He promised an old man with no kids that his seed was going to be like the stars of the sky. There's another great example of Abraham just having faith in God and trusting him, even if it didn't make a ton of sense. And so Abraham has this promise that his seed is going to be like the stars of the sky. Anybody that has more than like one kid probably questioned (laughs) Abraham's motives. Bro, you sure, sure you want all this responsibility, man? I don't know if they have camels with extra seating, but that's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> but if you look at it from their perspective, what did it mean? What did children mean to them in that time frame? You have to kind of go back. During the time of Abraham, your significance on earth was measured by how lasting your contribution to history could be, could be actively measured. So having many children was a way of contributing to society long after you were gone. Because think about it. There wasn't like any flash drives or anything like that. So your legacy and your story was literally carried on by the generations after you. So your children would carry the stories on to the next, on to the next, and on to the next. And so the, the fear that Abraham had, because think about this. He literally heard the flood story from people who survived the flood. So his fear was, man, all of humanity was just washed away in just pointless nothingness. Like they just, like what was their point? And so there's this fear in the back of Abraham's mind that if I don't have a child, if I don't pass on something, what was my point on earth? And we all kind of struggle with that at different times. And in society today, it's not a whole lot different. So Abraham has a fear that if I don't have children, what did I contribute? Like what, what was the point in all of this? I didn't contribute anything that's lasting. So God tells him, even though you don't see the point, like, I'm going to give you this lasting, eternal, awesome legacy. That's what he's telling him. But today we can, we can look at it ourselves, and maybe we don't think of it in terms of children, but we're like, what are we doing with our life? Does my life matter? Do my contributions on this earth matter at all? Right? And, and that is a, that's a question that society is struggling with. It really is struggling. And so God knows humanity again. He knows that we have to have a purpose. Without vision, the people perish. Like, if we don't have a purpose, we're, we're not our best selves. And so he tells Abraham, hey, look, if you put your trust in me, anything that you do for me, for my kingdom, 
I'm going to multiply it. And you're going to have a lasting legacy in me. And God still has that promise for every one of us today. The relationship goal is this. We have to focus that what we do for God, it lasts. It matters. Jesus set up an everlasting kingdom that we're a part of. And so when you feel like, if we, if we ever get to that point where we're like, what, what am I doing? Does it matter? Does my contribution matter? You know what? It, maybe it doesn't. If it's not for the kingdom of God, everything else is going to pass away. Everything else we do on this earth, all of our, it's all going to burn. But you know what? Everything that we put into the kingdom of God, everything that we trust him with, he can multiply it like the stars of the sky. And that's something that we can focus on today and that we can put our hope in. That, man, I am going to put my hope in things eternal. I am going to put my future, my legacy, everything that I have on this earth is going to go into the kingdom of God. Our small efforts for him are eternal. And it really matters because that is something that he gave Abraham right from the beginning. I'm going to give you a place and I'm going to give you a future that matters. And I'm thankful for that today. And man, and then the last covenant that he gave was the covenant of blessing. So we read it in our text. If you can turn back to Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. God is, is telling Abraham, and he says, And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. This is a, that's a, there's a lot in there. That's a big promise that God is giving Abraham right there. This is the final covenant in this line that he's given. Man, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you a home. I'm going to give you a place. Then I'm going to give you a purpose. I'm going to give you a promise. Here's your purpose. But I'm not just going to leave you. I'm going to be right there with you. So when you read this verse, you literally see God's ultimate end goal for all of humanity. He's not saying, okay, here's some promises. Go out. You know, live a good life. I'm going to be over here. And if you help yourself, I'll help you, right? If you make good choices, I'll just, like, give you a high five every once in a while. That's not what he's saying. No, he's saying, I'm going to be right by you in every single one of your relationships. Think about that. And if I'm right here by you and this person is a jerk to you, I'm going to curse them. And they ain't going to be a jerk to you for long because they're going to get tired of me cursing them. And then he's saying, hey, and those people that bless you, I'm going to just bless them for blessing you. And then they're probably going to want to bless you again because I'm right there with you in every one of your relationships and every one of your different circumstances. That, that's heavy. That's a big commitment by God. I mean, that's a lot. And so when we think about this thing, this is what God wanted in his relationship with Abraham. And he said, hey, this is going to be what I want for the future of humanity as well. And we know down the road, we know that the outpouring of the Holy Ghost puts us in this exact same spot that Abraham was. Guys, we are blessed and we are favored, yes. not because of ourselves, but because God is literally blessing the people who bless us. Yes. He's cursing. He's holding things back we don't even realize. And he's right there with us all the time, everywhere that we go. And so when you look at these three covenants and you look at them from the perspective of God's relationship with Abraham, it really was just a vision for the future. He chose one man right at the beginning, not long after the flood, to establish what he wanted it to look like 2,000 years later for all of us today. And that was this. I want to take you from your mess. I want to take you from your circumstance. I want to give you a great, 
great home where you're safe, where you can have a relationship with me, where your children can have a relationship with me, where we can grow together. I'm going to give you a purpose, a purpose that's powerful and lasting, part of an eternal kingdom. And then I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm going to be right there with you with every single one of your relationships and circumstances. And this model that God demonstrated through Abraham is so powerful. It's powerful because Abraham was a friend of God. But it's more powerful if we consider today as we stand and we get ready to move back into worship. It's more powerful if we consider that Abraham was not the end goal for God. He established this covenant. He established these things with Abraham. But his goal as he looked out into the future is he wanted that same relationship with every single person that was walking on the earth. And everybody say, that includes me. And later on in the series, we're going to cover water baptism, being filled with the Holy Ghost. And we recognize that if you're here today and you're baptized in Jesus' name, you are part of Abraham's covenant. We are baptized with him into this covenant. And if you're here today and you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, what a great day. Because every one of these promises that God gave Abraham, he gives every single person that's baptized into the name of Jesus. And so we can come into a service like this and we can say, hey, I may not have it all together, but God has promised. If I, if I seek after him, if I obey my end of the covenant, he has got such a better life for me than maybe the one I'm currently living. So we're getting ready to jump back into worship. We're going to hear an awesome preached word of God in a few minutes. But I would encourage each and every one of us, regardless of our status, how, how long we've been here, to recognize that God does not take covenants lightly. And he's made promises to each and every one of us. We just read some of them. Why don't, we, why don't we take a few moments in this service? And why don't we say, hey, God, I thank you for everything that you've done. I thank you for giving me the promise of a new home. I thank you for giving me the promise of your spirit. I thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done for me, for everything that you put up with from me. I thank you that you haven't quit on me. I thank you that you have something better for me than I could ever imagine. Let's worship with him as the praise team comes.